This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Take charge of your life and don't allow your life to just happen to you. Ensure you happen to it. In Diana Hutchinson's book, Creating an Awesome You explores many different areas of life and looks at each one at its best expression. Thus, it encourages you to be your best in each area. If you manifest the potential expressed within, you will be creating an awesome you. It is becoming more and more difficult to sort through the myriad of information out there in the ether or the World Wide Web and find the golden nuggets that can help to build your life. It is Diana's hope that those of you who read her book can indeed find that nugget and take action to become your best, to fulfill your potential, and to create a wonderful life for yourself. She talks about the individual within a social setting. No one is isolated. We are all part of a larger whole, society and humanity. It just depends on your beliefs and feelings as to where you put yourself within that setting. Valeria Tellis interviews Diana Hutchinson, the author of Creating an Awesome You, a practical guide for young adults. Diana Hutchinson has a background in psychology and coaching and is passionate about helping people heal themselves on all levels. With more than 15 years counseling experience, she was compelled to specialize in grief and loss following her mother's death in 2011. After this loss, she undertook further training in grief and loss counseling. Now based in South Australia and in her own practice, Diana Hutchinson designed an integrated therapeutic program of mental and emotional healing delivered online that offers both flexibility and accessibility. New You Creations provides self-directed courses with possible support options enabling people to self-heal. More grief courses and self-development courses will be added over time. Meet Diana at newyoucreations.com. Here's the interview with Diana Hutchinson. In your own words, who is Diana Hutchinson? Where I am at the moment is that I'm in a place of real um, peace and gratitude because I've actually worked on myself over a fairly long time and I'm reasonably practical in how I sort of do things and I like to apply things so that I learn and grow and so I'm in that space of being much more happy with myself and where I'm at in the world. Would you say real peace and inner peace, they are the same or somehow different? Probably fairly similar, but it could be a little bit different in terms of how you really apply it. So that the what you can do is to look at it on a way of 
is it embodied or is it more of a head thing? So it's really about working into and really being in that space, I think. What is life? What is death? And what is the balance between them? I see life as a as a, a place of learning and sort of like I see us as being spiritual beings in a physical body and in that process it's about learning and growing and being the best that we can be. In a way, death can, can be perhaps a bit of a transition or a new reality in that sense because I believe there's life after death. Mm, yes. How did you come to these understandings, Diana? Well, it was fairly interesting because I had some fairly sort of interesting sort of thoughts when I was young and I had a few sort of surreal experiences, sort of like out-of-body experience and a few other things like that and interesting dreams. And I just thought that it must be more than just the physical world. And it seems to me that with all these increases in scientific research in the neuroscience space and things like that, that there is more. So it's more of a thing of growing into it and being able to just see things in a slightly different way to how perhaps some people would think. What is uh, spirituality to you? Is that somehow connected to religion or a completely different way of living? I see spirituality as sort of more of a total thing. So I was brought up in a fairly religious household, but it was, this sort of grew out from that. And I came to really believe that, okay, there was this being, perhaps you could call it God, but someone or some being who was the overarching creator or in charge of the whole process. It's sort of like the idea that we have lessons to learn in life and we grow and do things like really growing in many ways on all levels. So all the physical levels and the spiritual levels as well. I see the spiritual life as being not just the spirit, but also nature and the environment that we live in and all that too. Yes. So it includes everything. It doesn't yeah, really yeah, exclude anything. I agree with that idea very much. And healing. What is your idea of healing? And what are some of the misconceptions we have about healing? I see healing as a process of becoming more whole on all levels. So physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and also on the soul level. To some extent, to a large extent even, it's really about releasing the beliefs, emotions and issues and habits that we gain through our younger years and all this 
could also be sort of like through past lives, if you believe in past lives and things like that. It can be helpful to utilise many different modalities in the process. I think some misconceptions could be that some people just don't see that we are all connected, sort of like the body, mind, spirit, and is all connected because from previous sort of scientific thought or philosophical thought when when there was that separation of the mind and the body is sort of it's really only now I think just recently sort of being seen to be more complete and whole and every aspect can affect every other aspect and so it's really important I think to see that you can use sort of mind therapies or anything to do with the mind to affect the body and body therapies to affect the mind and also perhaps using spiritual healing and things like that to affect the body and the mind and it goes always really is how I see it. And the interesting thing is that it seems to me like we're never really separate. We have been always whole But it's the idea that we are not that requires healing, right? It's actually like correcting or integrating the perception, kind of moving from that place of separateness to union, it seems to me, Diana. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. So let me ask you a fun question um, that I think is fun. (laughs) What do you love most about being in a human body? And what has been the greatest challenge for you? What I love most, I guess, would be just being able to be a part of nature and just feeling the joy that you can be in awe of all these things that are around us and just really being able to just be a part of all that. I think that's mostly what I really love. And what are some of the challenges from your perspective? One of the main challenges would be for me to, I think, get the idea that sort of like sometimes we have challenges in life and it's really about getting through those challenges and approaching them in the right way that we actually get a good or the best outcome that we can get. And sometimes that can be really difficult. And it might be also that by finding inner peace, real peace, as you call it, then it becomes much easier to navigate through the challenges, right, Diana? Yeah, that's right. And so the more, I guess, you can live in the moment and not be stuck in the past or be worrying about the future as much, then it makes it easier to navigate because you're allowing more. My last warm-up question for you, what is the meaning of freedom from your perspective, but also in general? Is there freedom, what it is to be free in general? Freedom can mean quite a few different things, I suppose. And for me, it's more about being able to to be creative and to be able to do the things that I 
feel like doing, which isn't sort of all that much really, I guess, when you come when it comes down to it. But um, <laughs> it's, it's uh-huh. just about being able to feel that it's okay if I go a particular place and it's okay to work on whatever I want to work on and I can have the relationships that I want to have and all that and speak with people that I want to speak with and keeping up the relationships and being able to see myself connected to the world and people and places, I suppose, too. So you wrote the book, Creating an Awesome You, a practical guide for young adults. How did you become a writer and what was the main inspiration and intention of writing your book? Well, I actually actually wrote a book before I wrote. Yeah, right. The first book, Setting Yourself Free, right? That's right. Yeah. And what actually happened was that after I was, I just had this really strong urge that what I wanted to write was a really neat guide to self-change with that book. It seemed to me that that was a little bit channeled somehow um, because it really, I just wrote the first draft really quickly within about a a few weeks or a month or so. And then I put it aside for a long time. And later I published it in a self-published way. And after I wrote that, I thought that was a fairly good experience. I decided to write another book. And how I came up with the topic was that when I was young, I think it would have been really good if I had come, been able to come across a book that was a bit of a guide to life. Yeah. And so that was the main motivation for writing that book. Right. And it's very much needed, especially at this time after 2020, all these challenges right, we are facing. And speaking of those challenges specific, grief has been a big one. So my next question is about... Uh, how did you become a grief and loss counsellor? I have a background in psychology and I was working as a psychologist for 15 or 16 years and I experienced burnout. So I had a really long break and I came back to Adelaide to be with my mum and she actually died in 2011 yeah. and after that experience when I felt like I wanted to go back to helping people again yeah. I came across this course that was a graduate diploma of counselling in grief and loss so I completed that and so I've been counselling doing sort of general counselling, grief counselling and running grief and loss support groups since about 2013-14. And so it was because I had that experience of losing my mother that really spurred me on to becoming a grief counsellor. Talk to me for a moment about grief and 
what is that about the grieving process that we have not yet understood? Well, there's a, a few points about the grieving process that the general population don't necessarily get. And some of those things are that sort of like grief actually makes you feel really alone. It's important that people can actually reach out and be heard and be able to tell their story. Other people who haven't experienced the same sort of grief feel a little bit really awkward about how they're supposed to manage other people's grief. And that's a real sort of challenging sort of situation for both the griever and the, the person who's in the space. So that's one major thing. The other thing is that there's actually ability to heal going through the process of grieving, but it's not necessarily the case that the grief actually disappears. You don't necessarily move on. And it's more about being able to really get your identity back from the things that you've actually lost through losing that really important relationship. So the main thing is to manage the process, manage the grief and work on sort of working out how you want to be now without that person in the physical sense. But you still have that relationship with them in spirit, in your mind, in your heart. You never lose them. Uh, I never really had the experience. I lost my ex-husband, but we are not together anymore. So I don't really have the experience of grief or grieving. But my current husband, he has he lost his sister and was very close to him. And it's very interesting the way he still um, feels the pain. It's still very painful even to talk about her. Yeah. And it is the case too that We don't just grieve when we lose a loved one through death. We also grieve other things as well. So when we lose employment, job, house, lifestyle, it's all about grief on a maybe not so intense or whatever, but it's certainly still grief. And that's something that perhaps isn't necessarily recognized as well. So it's interesting when you use the word creating. So it is about reinventing and recreating ourselves. You do use that in your work. So speaking of that, on your website, newyoucreations.com, you offer courses. I've seen that there. You have the Your Bereavement Journey and the Adapting to Life Changes in Loss two courses. Talk to me about them for a moment, Diana. Okay, well, thanks. It, the Your Bereavement Journey and Adapting to Life Changes and Loss have both actually been created through my face-to-face groups that I've been running over the last mm-hmm. four years. Yeah. And they're actually eight modules long. So sort of like recommended that you perhaps 
do one module per week or so. And each of these courses has three levels of support, one that you do pretty much by yourself, but you have access to the New You Creations private Facebook group. The second level includes this plus messaging support, while the third provides all these plus feedback on the exercises throughout the course and a one-hour personal contact call. It's sort of early days yet, but there's a real need out there for alternative methods of finding support when people experience loss, especially in these pandemic times. People engaging in these courses can do so at home, in their own time, and start to heal themselves to the pain of loss. And throughout the courses, there's little exercises to do to engage you and to help you to really work on yourself. Because although the course itself, in a way, is a little bit general, the person needs to apply it to their, their own loss. And so it's in that way that you actually get the more specifics. And with the support levels, it's me actually helping with the support. So it's actually with a grief and loss counsellor. And the thing is, too, that they're affordable and there's currently a 10% discount on all of them. The thing is that there's going to be more courses up there in the future. I'm expecting to have some more self-development and spiritual development sort of kind of courses up there a bit later. So there's going to be more things happening with it, and but it is early days yet. The thing about the, the, the modules is that it's on a a good platform, it's confidential and all that, and the website's arranged so that it's fairly easy to navigate and everything like that. So you don't have to be hugely in the uh, technology field to be able to actually do it, and you can do it on any device that works on your phone as well. That's wonderful to know, because we know how technology can get in the way. (laughs) You and I would Skype before. (laughs) And thank you so much, Diana, for the work. Uh, It's very generous, compassionate and very much needed, though. And support is exactly what we need while going through grief. That's a huge component. You use that word a lot, and we know that that's what exactly what it means uh, to be supported. It's in a way, it's, I kind of connected that to caring, like finding people who care about the way we feel, and um, and kind of helps us to navigate that realm. So thank you again. I love that you have a phrase that you have on your, I think it was on your website, I'm not sure, on your book, I read it somewhere. You say, take charge of your life and don't allow your life to just happen to you. Ensure you happen to it. I love that, yeah, that you happen to life. That's beautiful. 
So in your book, there are many chapters and each chapter explores a different area of life and um, and how to best kind of navigate those areas. They are the physical health chapter and then family, home life, relationships, sex and sexuality, interests and hobbies, finances, work, career, emotional life, mental health, addictions, self-esteem, assertiveness, uh, and personal growth. I'll be asking you some questions about emotional life or emotional health and personal growth too. But before that, I have a general question for you. What is to be mentally healthy? Mental health is, is really, I believe, about being able to be connected to reality and having a sense of empowerment and agency in your life. Mm. The, the thing could be that some people feel that they don't have agency in their life and that makes them feel helpless and that can lead to things like depression and things like that. With anxiety, it's sort of like more of a fear, fear thing, fear about the future and what's going to happen. And that kind of thing is sort of fairly prevalent at the moment, I guess. But the point could be that the more that we can live in the moment, Mm. that reduces a little bit of anxiety but it's about getting your head around all those issues that are actually impacting the individual or us or whoever it is. The main thing would be to work on whatever issues there are around whatever negative emotion is coming up for you and those types of issues are not necessarily fixed with medication, but there's things like NLP and counselling and some spiritual healings can actually help all those myriad of things in one's head to be a lot calmer, to sort themselves out in some way. Working on issues can be really helpful because it not just affects the mind, it affects the body and physiology and all that. To heal yourself is really the best thing that that we can do. And the thing is too that there's often different things that might help you. There are lots of modalities out there. It's about working out what really works for you because Something that might work for one person might not necessarily work for another. And so there's sort of like being able to sort those things out is really helpful. But it's always much better to ask for help. It's not a bad thing to ask for help. It's not a weak characteristic or anything like that. It's really important. If you need help, then ask for it and 
get some help in some way. And uh, would you say that the first step is to recognize what issues we have? And would that be connected to self-awareness, Diana? It is up to a point. Um, there are a number of ways that we can recognize what our issues are. One way is to just look over your life, how long you've lived, and work out, okay, what has been the most challenging thing for me? And some people, it might be relationships, or some people, it might be a particular way of thinking about oneself, or low self-esteem, or whatever. And so to actually be a little bit more self-aware is really great. And I guess the reading self-help books can help in this respect because I know when I was young, when I came across Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life, that really started me on my self-development journey and showed me ways to increase my self-esteem and to become more assertive and that's what I did and so it was really it's about being able to be practical and have steps to be able to apply things in your life and that's why sometimes if you find a counsellor or psychologist and you don't necessarily gel with them then that can be a bit of an issue so it's really important to find the right person for you as well. And speaking of exploration, when it comes to personal growth, talk to me about the importance of getting out of our comfort zones and why do so many of us get caught up in that (laughs) and we just stay there for too long? Sometimes we can get really comfortable with where we're at. And I mean, that's okay up to a point, but Unless we actually learn to push ourselves a little bit and go outside of our comfort zone, we don't necessarily grow intentionally. And the more that we can grow in a conscious way, the faster we actually get to a a space where we want to really be as opposed to just being comfortable. So if it's the case that you have a bit of an interest or you have a need to, say, do public speaking with your work or something like that, then it's really helpful to actually go outside your comfort zone and become more comfortable through doing something like a public speaking association course or whatever, something like that. So when you learn new things, our brains add neurons and make new pathways and things like that. And it's really helpful to keep on consciously learning and going outside of our comfort zone so that we can just keep on growing and developing and becoming more of the version that we want to be. In your book, you outline some components of personal growth You have goal setting, uh, making decisions, uh, intuition, optimism and pessimism, integration, mindfulness, positive psychology, 
gratitude, self-discovery, self-compassion. I would love to um, highlight some of them here that interested me for some reason. Intuition, mindfulness and gratitude. Well, I've actually found that if you work on increasing your intuition, then things work out a lot better. So, like, if you, I mean, sometimes it's a little bit difficult to work out, okay, is it my intuition that's telling me to do X or is it just my thoughts? And one way that you can test it is to actually see, firstly, one test is to say, does it keep me safe or other people safe that I love? If it's just a thought, then it's just not necessarily the same feeling that you might get when you feel into it as an intuition. And you might feel the intuition comes from sort of like one particular side of your head or somewhere. That's something to watch out for as well. But it's about just testing and asking for intuition to grow for you. So the more we practice using our intuition, the more it will come up and help us more. And so if you have a a bit of a fully formed thought in your head that says go down this path and you do and it has a good outcome, then that's good. But if it's just something that comes from other people or that you've been thinking it through, that doesn't necessarily mean there's intuition. But if, say, you had a, an intuition to phone a friend yeah. and you did and it was the right time to phone that person, then that's your intuition. So you can test it a bit like that with, with phoning people and all that. With mindfulness, mind, there's lots of research nowadays to show that mindfulness is really helpful from many different things, so like anxiety, depression, chronic pain, and general mental health. It doesn't have to be done for a hugely long time, but just on a regular basis, there are groups around that you can join now too, and because it is more mainstream. So it's more about practising and being in the space. And with mindfulness, it's about being in the moment and paying attention to mostly your body or your breath Mm -hmm. and just being able to connect with your body, connect with your breathing and Mm -hmm. being in the moment is really helpful. And that, of course, also reduces heart rate and blood pressure and all that too. And with gratitude, there's sort of like... um, Something that I've been practicing a lot more recently and the thing about gratitude, if you're grateful for where you are right now, if you're grateful for what you have right now and you don't see that you have that lack of whatever it is that you really want and you get your head around that because it does take a little bit of, manoeuvring in your mind to actually get to not see that lack as much. But if you can be happy and grateful for where you are right now, it's like who you are, what you have, 
and the situation you're in, then at least you can be more at peace in the moment and not see that lack of whether it's a relationship or job or whatever. And the thing that actually seems to happen is that the more grateful you can be in the moment, the more the universe actually brings in at the right time. It's about being in the space of being grateful and then you can even be more grateful because all these other things start coming in when the universe brings them in. They sound um, very much to me like spiritual practices and I love them because it has everything to do with that idea of being whole already and knowing that, just kind of resting in that space of knowing that everything's okay, that there's nothing missing. And then this feeling of gratitude arises from that space of being in the moment of being in connection with what is, what who you are. So I love these practices and so many others that you have in your book. And self-compassion is another one that's very powerful. So we're almost at the end. And before I ask you my final questions, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? I hadn't actually picked a real passage, but I mean, perhaps there's a positive psychology exercise that one can do. And this actually follows the idea of focusing on what you want rather than on what you don't want. Because what we focus on is where our attention goes. So in this exercise, at the end of the day, for at least a week and probably longer, write down one positive thing that happened during the day and also write why it happened. An example might be that you had a good conversation with a friend. The why might be because she is kind and thoughtful person. So then in the second week, you can write down two things that went well each day and why. And in the third week, find three things that went well each day and why. So what this is helping you to do is to find and look for positive events more often and you'll be able to remember them better if you do this. And consequently, you will start to feel happier. This can sometimes be a challenging exercise because usually we are looking for the negatives because we usually have a negative bias. However, you'll find that persistence pays off. And very much does. (laughs) Very much. Yeah, I was just about to add um, another exercise that... I found helpful, if that's okay. Yes, yeah. This is what I call a fire exercise. So if there's a particular event that's happened in your life, say that you felt embarrassed, and when you think about it, you feel really quite embarrassed, what you do is you rate that intensity of feeling of embarrassment out of 10 where 10 is the most you think you could possibly feel and one is not at all. So say it's an eight. So then you imagine that you're sitting in front of a small fire 
and watching the wood burn and go up in smoke. And what you do is you take out of your body, and it sometimes helps to do the actions. So you pull the embarrassment out of your body wherever it is, and you throw it onto the fire, and you watch it burn and go up in smoke. And you keep on doing that for three minutes. And that can seem like a fairly long time when you're doing this. So you keep on doing it. And any thoughts that are attached to that event, you also take them out of your head and you throw them onto the fire, watch them burn and go up in smoke. Mm -hmm. And you keep on doing that once a day for at least three minutes. Over the two-week period, at the end of the two weeks, you can rate it again and you'll realise that the rating is now lower. So say it's a three or something. Then you can keep on going until it goes down to zero. And then what actually happens is that when you think about that event, you don't get any feeling whatsoever and you've let it go. It's not that we erase our memories, it's just that we erase the negative emotion and that can really help probably works better for discrete events, but it can work for sort of things like resentment. If you feel resentment about lots of the different things, you can do that. And you can also do it sort of in a process of just letting go of the stress of the day yeah. and just throw it on the fire, all the thoughts, all the emotions, and just chuck it on the fire, watch them burn, go up in smoke. And that can be really quite helpful as a bit of an adjunct to other things that you might be doing. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leave in the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? Well, not now, I don't think. I think I would just really go even more harder on my new year creations business and hope that everything was going to keep on going. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? What I know about life for sure is that it's really helpful to keep on healing oneself on all levels, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual and soul level and it can be really helpful to look at more spiritual development and spiritual awareness as well it's a continual process and you just keep on going there's no end point and it's just really a way of becoming the best that you can be the other thing that i know about it is that It's really very much a real thing that there's the things that we need to do when we are alive that will help other people. And there's sort of the purpose that we have in life is to really make life better for other people as well as living our best life. And the only way to really do that is by looking at the broader community rather than just being 
Thank you so much again, Diana, for your beautiful message, for your presence, your compassion, your work. Thank you. Well, thank you for the opportunity. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? My New You Creations website is www.newucreations.com. My Instagram account is New You Creations. My personal website is www.dianahutchison.com. And my books are available on as ebooks at least on Amazon and other platforms. Wonderful. I'll have the links on your podcast profile. I think I don't have the second link to your website. Let me check. Uh, let me see. The, yeah, I don't have the personal website link. So I'll get that with you later and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much again, Diana. All right, lovely. Thank you so much, Valerie. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Diana Hutchison and her work, please visit newucreations.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.